This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 39. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is Leave No Question Unanswered. And in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be answering the question of the week, which is, isn't there less farsightedness now than there was in previous generations? So, Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Uh, it's good. I, I reported last week I was working on my uh, time management a little bit, working on my time management skills. Uh-huh. But you ran out of time. But I ran out of time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been uh, Skyping with my friend every morning. And get, we're getting up mostly at 7 o'clock. Sometimes it's 7.05, things like that. Uh-huh. And sometimes, as I said last week, Neither of us are dressed or showered yet, but mostly I've been showered, I think, this week. Good. And in my place at 7 o'clock. I would say we should stick a picture of that on Facebook, but I think, <laughs> Not, we'll, I think we'll leave that one. I think we'll leave that one. <laughs> um, so that's going well, and we are... So I've, I've begun uh, being more consistent about uh, palming this week, actually. Nice. Uh, it does make a big difference, doesn't it? It does. Uh, we've been doing a lot of computer work right uh, now because we're trying to develop something. And so I've had more time on the computer and I've wanted to shift my eye exercise program more towards palming um, and less of other things. Uh-huh. And it's interesting that the, my vision still feels like I, the, it, you would think that palming, I guess from the outsider's perspective, palming feels like, well, that's relaxing the eye. But how is it improving the eye? Because you're not you're not sort of working it or, or building up strength or something like that. Yeah. But doing mainly palming i am noticing an increase in my my vision clarity nice uh yeah so do you, do you find that maybe the the static that you see in in some of the blind spots to calm down a little bit i don't or actually don't see that it's more that you're seeing better contrast exactly okay. that the latter um it's an increase in acuity which i again i think i've said before it's for me it's like often reading a menu oh i can read the menu with smaller type uh, right now. Uh -huh. That's how I often gauge it. And for me, doing almost all palming as my exercise, as a as a, uh, a counter a counter exercise to all the computer work, uh, it's interesting to see the palming have that kind of effect without any much other exercises going on. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, I mean, we we hear that a few times, don't we, from people, especially when they're new to the eye exercises that. When they do palming, they're like, wow, things are so much clearer and right. colors are brighter. And mm -hmm. the reason why I say about the static is I know for me, from where my periphery is, has that sort of static effect that when I palm, it calms that down. Okay. And it sort of settles my visual vision down a little bit. So I uh -huh. wonder if, if that was the case. Yeah, I think my static is less obvious than yours. Yeah. So that might be, if I looked carefully at it maybe i will look for that maybe that is true well i guess mine is probably a a good 60 percent right 70 percent of my visual field where yours is maybe only one percent well and 2%. the other one eye overlaps the static of the other eye so 
it's hidden. I have to to look at my static with only one eye. It'd be really interesting to change vision. It and, would, <laughs> and, then, and then and then try and uh, almost diagnose it, and then try yeah. and work with it for a little bit, and then swap back again. Yeah, we might we might not want to swap back. Maybe you like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to keep this purple vision. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of sci-fi episode. Um, oh, and the other thing I started doing that was kind of interesting this week, along with the palming, was uh, I, there's a in. So I'm I'm doing the skyping with my meditation buddy, mm-hmm. and there's a meditation practice that we've all done, where you rotate your head, very very slowly, and you pay attention to the incremental movement of your okay. head. It's sort of a, it's sort of like the tea ceremony or something. It's like tuning into those incremental movements. Those right. sort of. Second. Did you give that a, f- a phrase? Is that is there? I remember you talking about this before. It's almost. A specific oh kind of a mindfulness practice yeah it's a bit of a mindfulness so you're mindful of every little tension in your neck as you move this way or that way Mm -hmm. Uh, and instead of seeing it as i'm going to rotate my neck and and clear out tension you're actually using it as a a way of focusing your mind at the same time excellent so i was doing that and then i thought oh i'm going to be really efficient and i added in rotating my eyes so as i'm rotating my head up and back i'm rotating my eyes up and back wow and trying to uh pack it all in you know <laughs> and i uh, not, not to not to be one to try and out, outdo you on this one richard uh-huh. um but it's funny in the last few weeks i've noticed that i've been doing that but as an extra neurological exercise yeah i've been trying to rotate my head in oh. one direction and the eyes in the opposite oh. direction <laughs> it's really good like it's it to begin with it's difficult but after a while it, really it does get easier but it's it's a great exercise for the brain yeah that does sound like that <laughs> so um and i was realizing as i was doing this uh that our ability to create these kinds of exercises really is sort of a it kind of is an advanced uh, I don't want to be snobby about it, but something you develop after you learn the exercises. It's like playing jazz or something after you've learned how to play, you know, the trumpet or the or the saxophone okay. first. That it is a stage you get to where you can start improvising like this, yeah. um, and it's partly knowing the the effects of the. So for me, it was like rotating my eyes. I know that I, I'm doing that for my astigmatism. I'm rotating my neck for my optic atrophy, mm-hmm. things like that. And then you can kind of put things together and know how they're going to affect your vision um, and how to combine different exercises. So. Yeah, and, and saying that, I've noticed that um, when we normally talk about this, we we change our exercises regularly. regularly yeah, yeah. Um, and which is great because, you know, one of the biggest demotivation things that we find for people is they get bored with their program. Right. Um, or maybe, you know, their eyesight's changing. I had a client this week was very confused because we've been working with her stronger eye. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for the last month she's been exercising it. And then this week she complained of a bit of strain in that eye. And I said, right. well, check one eye and then the other eye and let's see which one's clearer. And sure enough, it had switched. And then the other eye was now... Ah. Uh, the clearer eye so huh. it, and again that's a reason why it's important to keep checking up on these right, things because right. the vision to switch but it means the change the program sort of adapts and when you get to that level of understanding then you right can do it yourself right yeah no and that's why we keep encouraging i guess i bring it up as like this is why we're encouraging to learn as much about your condition mm-hmm. and to learn why the exercises work on your conditions and on which part of your 
anatomical part of your eye it's affecting. So you can become sort of your own maestro to, mm. to come up with these new exercises. And, yeah. and, then, and then you never have to listen to us again. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a big bonus. Yeah, yeah. So um, how was your week? Yeah, good. Very similar to yours. Uh-huh. Uh, spending a lot of time on the computer. The computer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really noticed this week, I think I've mentioned this before, but how important uh, fitting those breaks in whilst on the computer right um for my eyes and also for my body because i could feel my hips starting to tighten up the the hip flexors wow, were starting to seize sitting. up and yeah and my ankles were getting steer for my quads were getting tight um but i guess one thing that also highlighted i was listening to a, a documentary on the bbc no one needs to be too yeah, snobbish yeah. again yeah and um and they were interviewing google the google offices in the uk Okay. Or the, or the the CEO or whatever. Right. And this this person was giving a tour to the reporter around Google. And they were saying how there was a lot of uh, couches or sofas everywhere. It was very comfortable. There was uh, table tennis tables. Ah. It was sort of, um, there was free tea. And the, the topic of the documentary was incentives to, yeah. to get people working. Anyway, I, they, the last bit, they talked about how Google had a, a garden on the top of their roof mm-hmm. um, in the wow. middle of London, right, on, on this, this, big, this big building High-rise block. thing, yeah. And um, they said that it was, you know, sometimes after a big meeting where they've been sitting there for several hours wow. brainstorming, that some people just want to go up and tend to lettuces, which it obviously sounds a joke, right? But yeah. really, when you, when you think about it, you know, it's just so important yeah. um, to get those breaks not just physically, but mentally, um, just to get out there, do something completely different. Uh, and this week, because I've been really lucky where I've just moved, we've got a little garden out back and we've just planted some grass. Oh, so yeah. I'm taking those breaks to sort of get outside, oh. um, do a bit of gardening, which is difficult without a lawnmower. But I won't go into too much <laughs> details about it. Anyone trying. has a free lawnmower, send it to Will. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I don't think we can fit an electric one, but um, yeah. And just in case anyone's wondering, you can't cut grass with scissors. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, it just takes too long. And um, so I sort of incorporate those breaks in with the eye exercises as well. You know, maybe do a little bit of shifting while I'm out in the garden. Mm-hmm. I do a bit of periphery, waving my hands to the side. Mm-hmm. I try and see how much of the garden and the other buildings around me I can actually see you know really activate the periphery just by connecting the brain Mm -hmm. to it so I just thought it was really interesting because these other companies that are seen as very progressive um, are going that way this is Mm -hmm. this is the way you know instead of sitting in an office for eight hours and you have a 10 minute break which is sort of the old model I guess Mm -hmm. now it's kind of if we want to get the best out of our workers then we need to give them an environment that allows them to work to their healthiest. So um, yeah, and it, it, it's interesting. They may be improving their vision without realizing it. Because yeah. I would guess that if you've been in an intense meeting, and probably there's not a view out the window. Well, I guess there are some conference rooms like that. But just imagine sort of an intense meeting where you're all looking at each other or looking yeah. at your notes. Boy, wouldn't it be great to go out and look further away mm-hmm. all of a sudden and sort of space out into the distance? I bet a lot of people just do that instinctively. Yeah. Uh, well, also, I could imagine you get a lot of brain fatigue when you've been sitting in a meeting. Yeah. And they sometimes we, when we have our meetings, our brains are pretty fried afterwards. And yeah. we're like, okay, now let's go to the computer. Let's go to the computer. Some questions. <laughs> or something. So, oh, 
Um, so yeah. I really, you know, just if you'd imagine if you've got that brain fatigue and then you get to sit down at a computer for the next four right. hours and type away, you know, the, the combination of eye fatigue, brain fatigue, and, you know, no wonder people come yeah. home just exhausted and, you know, they, they, they're complaining of their eyes hurting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was really pleased about is even though I've been at the computer a lot this week, my eyes feel a lot more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they feel, I've, this week in particular, I felt a lot less conflict in the two eyes because I've got one eye that's a mm. lot more dominating than the other eye. Mm-hmm. And they kind of feel a little bit pleased with me with this extra work I've Your been doing with my periphery. Your eyes feel pleased with you. <laughs> and it's, and it, it, it sounds funny to say it, but I guess when you experience eye strain a lot mm-hmm. of the time like I do, from where I overuse the central vision. Uh, and I, I also uh, saw the other day that one of the symptoms of RP is to have uh, tired, to be tired all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's from, you know, having to strain to use your central vision all the time. It, it's really draining. So really incorporating my periphery, I feel like it's brought that balance of strain out. And I know last week I was seeing a lot more static and mm-hmm. I was feeling a lot more tired the weather had just changed here in San Francisco. It got a lot colder, so I felt like maybe a bit of a cold was coming on. Um, but I sort of beat that off. And today there was a lot less eye strain, a lot less static. Uh, the last, uh, in fact, yesterday I was doing some of the periphery exercises and I noticed two patches of clear vision in my upper left and upper right periphery. Hmm. And I understand hmm. now, when, you know, when we said we couldn't understand people about how their periphery, we would say the periphery is blurry and the central is clear. Yeah. This was a clear spot in my periphery. Hmm. So, and it, it, I can I can almost map it. I could move it and it's sort of foggy. And then I move the hand over, it becomes clear. Oh, I can okay. see more color. Oh. I can see more detail. And yeah. then as I move over again, it sort of fogs over again um, or hits a real uh, blind spot area right, right so wow you know i've i've noticed this in in two areas and wow. and i was i mean i was just amazed that i could see this mm-hmm. clearly i mean it was only you know it was a couple of fingers and and a bit of a palm of a hand mm-hmm. but it was better than what i've been seeing before yeah so before it would have been just static with maybe different tones in the static but that's better. yeah it. i mean before a year or two ago right. wouldn't even seen anything. you wouldn't have looked at it yeah yeah, yeah. so but now you know it it really was that fog that I was talking a few months ago now that I was trying to tune into. Mm-hmm. And now there's actually a couple of windows, let's say, of wow. clarity that's actually come through. Wow. So, I mean, I was, I was pretty awe-stricken. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to see that it, it might be coming into other areas. Of my, I'm starting to be able to maybe map. Mm-hmm maybe three gradients one is clear mm-hmm. one is sort of foggy and yeah. one is not really there like real um, yeah real distortion really you know like a, mm-hmm. a blank spot so uh yeah so i'm starting to, to map it out by moving my hands around in hmm. in my periphery but you know the fact that i've been working at the computer so much this week and you had this increase yeah to you know to for, for today for my eyes to feel relaxed which yeah was very nice yeah. Um, and to also notice that increased in periphery. Wow. And, and I, I think what it is is where I'm waking it up, it's it's staying. So it's using it on a more permanent basis without me having to consciously do it all the time. 
Yeah. So maybe reversing the brain's turning away from those areas and its brain is now turning yes. towards them. And then by attending to them, it encourages the functionality to return, really. Yeah, I realized yeah. a while ago that, that probably one of the biggest challenges here is is to get the brain just to go, you know, yes, something is here. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, start working with it. Because I noticed that for me to pay attention to my periphery is a, is a continuous battle. I always have to be thinking about it. Yeah. All the time in order for it to happen, which means any time I'm not thinking about my periphery, uh, which is, you know, most of your day, if you think about a work day, then, um, you know, I was just overusing my central vision. Hmm. So I kind of felt, well, I know that with everybody else it's natural. Yeah. You know, people just yeah. use their periphery. They just cross a road. You know, I always get upset with people when I cross a road and they don't necessarily look left and right. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I can see them. I can yeah, see the yeah, cars because yeah. I don't have that 180 periphery. Mm-hmm. So I really felt that if I could connect enough, if, if the brain says, yes, these eye, yes, I want to see here, this mm-hmm. is actually valuable information, mm-hmm. then it will just connect to it and, and stick. And my hope is that I, you know, you keep, you you keep going that, with that yeah. and, it, and then more and more bits stick. And then you start, you know, using your vision more. Yeah, that it's a similar. My blind spots are centrally, ironically, again, centrally located in one in each eye. And I do have that gradation you're talking about, exactly what you're talking about. There's an area where there's no compromise. And then you go in a little bit and it's a very small ring around this this uh, blind spot. Mm-hmm. Then it's like a different level. It's degraded just a little bit. It's like there's a bit of static, isn't as clear. Mm-hmm. You know, then there's something that's sort of halfway in between, and then it's gone in the middle. Yeah. So, and I over the years I've reduced that size of that blind spot. So you're basically doing, doing the, same the same thing, thing. around their periphery. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's we great. Should, let's go celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is leave no question unanswered. And this is a really uh, important topic that we're going to be discussing today because obviously this this has been such a big part of Richard and I's journey yeah, over yeah. the, you know, we, we figured out the other day that it's been over 20 years between the two of us that we've been working on vision improvement. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously the most challenging thing for us is almost being uh, separated from anybody that actually new great detail of this information other than books that we could acquire and you know sometimes books can't necessarily answer all your questions mm-hmm. and uh, we were really starting to work with how much you know we wish we could have had those answers uh, those questions answered all that time ago and I mean now we're spending so much more time learning the anatomy and this is our environment now and, and now we're answering other people's questions that things are so much easier you know, just like what we were just talking about, you know, oh, well, one area is fuzzy and one area is clear. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean that the the clear area is bad? Right. And that the fuzzy area is what I should be. You know, it sounds silly, but we don't know, especially mm-hmm. when we're segregated um, from that community or access to anyone that has that knowledge. Yeah. And in, and when you're segregated out like that. And so, so for instance, if you learn eye exercises and you, and you spend your time and you tell people and like uh you'll you'll be introduced to a lot of doubt from the the surrounding community Mm -hmm. and uh in some ways you're out there then defending eye exercises to all these people who think they won't work 
and, you and just... yeah, and it leads to your own uh, questioning. Is yeah. this really working? And <laughs> and and so having answers. If you have a bunch of questions in your mind, you're sort of defenseless against the doubters out there and the doubters inside yourself. Mm. Um, and the answers to why is the exercise working, just common sense really answers as to why the exercises mm. are working and uh, and to fully understand the anatomy that you're working with and the condition you're working with. Yeah, it's so e- important. And even us that were you know, doing this full time in the beginning, mm-hmm. people would be like, so why shouldn't I wear glasses? And you're mm-hmm. just like, it's just, yeah, it's never really that simple. And, and certainly when you start understanding the anatomy of it all, it's a lot easier to understand to people because, I mean, people do get upset. Yeah. Uh, it's just like when you tell a smoker to quit smoking, I guess the good thing now, you know, is they publicize the health issue so much mm-hmm. with it that, you know, people already know it. But for example, I had a client uh, a few weeks ago and she's new to the eye exercises. She's been doing it maybe a month now and and she's really enjoying it and she's really starting to improve her vision and she said that she was out with some friends the other day and they brought up this the topic of sunglasses right and she said oh sunglasses are bad for your vision you should wear them yeah and they said why i don't know i, don't know. <laughs> I was told this which is difficult because i mean whenever we're changing our belief system and we say this for a completely another to- uh, podcast right but when we're when we're learning new things about something that we didn't know before it's a process mm-hmm. you know it, it takes time just the fact that you know that the eye the the sunglasses can be bad for your eyes is a good first step and um, but then you need to go the step further and start figuring out more and, and she was really keen to do that and we do yeah, spend good. Uh, quite a bit of our session going through the anatomy and because she really wants to learn it and get it down because she knows how important it is. Yeah, and when when I first started seeing uh, Mayor Schneider 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. of uh, as a client, the first 10 minutes of every session I had with him was me with a, you know, a, a list of questions. Yeah. And they were a lot of them were, you know, addressing my doubt, like is this going to work and why is this going to work? Because <laughs> if I felt like if I understood the anatomy and how it was working, I could quiet those doubts. Yeah. But then the uh, the other thing I kept w- wondering about was, am I doing the exercise right? That would be sort of the second mm-hmm. level of question I would ask. I'm doing it this way. Is this right? Yeah, I, I know for me, obviously, I was in the UK when I found out about the eye exercises. And there, there wasn't really, um, you know, much in the area that I was in of anybody that could help me. Obviously, I did find um Mir's book's very helpful and, and he has a kit that I brought and it had the mm-hmm. peripheral vision exercises and stuff in there mm-hmm. but we're all individuals and we all you know everything is very specific to ourselves so I was like well you know should I be waving you know below should I be right. waving above uh, a typical question people ask is which you know the paper is is slightly too high up so they can't see anything in their upper periphery right and to begin with, these doubts are just sort of part of the exercise. You're waving your hands in the periphery. It's fine. But then you go to do it the second time and then the second week and then the third week. And you start thinking to yourself, well, you know, maybe this technique just isn't right. Maybe I need to go away and research it a little bit. So I won't do the exercise tomorrow. Exactly. I'll research, see see whether I'm doing it right or not. I'll go look on the internet. Yeah. And then a couple of days go past and you think, oh, I really need to find out about that, yeah. that vision exercise. And by then, you've sort of stopped doing some of the other exercises. Mm-hmm. You've sort of put it on the back. Weeks turn into months. And then before you know it, you know, you don't have the answer to that question about the particular technique. 
and then you've stopped doing a program and then it's so much more effort to try and get back in it right 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 for well as a good example i've i have this new uh uh, weed whacker to to edge the edge of my lawn okay you're not using that as an eye <laughs> exercise eh? no 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 <laughs> but it's like the grass is growing longer and longer in the in the perimeter in the periphery of my lawn <laughs> yeah. because i haven't gotten around to reading the instructions on the weed whacker it's that's the kind of thing we're talking about you have this question and you go well, i'll get around to, to finding that answer and it puts off your entire process mm-hmm. And it becomes a reason for stopping the whole momentum of what you're doing. And the same could be true for if something doesn't necessarily feel right. Like with that client that I was talking about last mm-hmm. week where she started feeling strained. So she was obstructing her weaker eye. Mm-hmm. But she noticed that the eye that she was using there was starting to get strained. Well, she was quite right to bring it up and say, "Yeah, well, I'm slightly concerned. I'm starting to feel strain in the eye, but this is the eye I'm meant to be working. So we were able to look at it now. You know, we definitely recommend that if people are feeling some sort of strain that they shouldn't be doing, you know, they need to seek answers to that Mm -hmm. because we we always want to avoid strain. But again, it's something that puts us off. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's a real simple reason. Maybe it's something like the peripheral vision exercise, but you're starting to feel more um, uh, energy or more active or something in your periphery but you don't necessarily know what that feeling is because you've not experienced it mm-hmm. and you might think oh well maybe i sh- should stop doing this right when in fact what you're doing is waking up your periphery um but it's just the fact that you're unsure about it yeah we do hit a lot of problems with clients where they overdo something like they're um dealing with presbyopia or a, a strabismus double vision mm-hmm. they might start doing these heavy duty convergence exercises that might even lead to headaches or you know eye strain and then they're like something's wrong and i can't quite figure mm-hmm. out uh what's wrong with this process and that's where getting that question answered why is it, why is it feeling not quite right why am i getting this kind of pain this kind of strain and sometimes it's not necessarily negative it might be a positive thing true but they just don't know what it is mm-hmm. um so they stop doing it because because they don't know yeah you know what it is that 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 feeling feels like yeah sometimes it just feels odd like oftentimes when you've had a dominant one one of your eyes very dominant yeah and you start getting a balanced use of the eye mm-hmm it feels a little off. Yeah. And, and again, that sets up questions in your mind and you might sort of avoid doing it because you, you don't quite understand what's happening. And a lot of the time, this work can bring more awareness about the body and, the, and our eyes. So sometimes people might start noticing little headaches or tension that mm-hmm. have always been there. Right. But they've never been paying attention to it, especially during palming. That's, palming, yeah. If you are feeling some sort of a strain, I know this is off topic, um, then palming is a good way to see if it quietens down a little bit. And it's it's a good clue into to what might be going on there. Yeah, but as you said, though, we often have clients who, who have some sort of visual strain. They start doing palming and it actually brings out the strain they yeah. start feeling the strain and again they think i'm i mean am i doing something wrong yeah. and actually that's part of the process so those kind of questions so that also leads to the question of um, whether we're getting benefits or not somebody mm-hmm. might be doing an eye exercise uh, last week i had somebody that came to me and we've been doing uh, she has presbyopia and we've been doing the presbyopia charts for a few weeks and she kept seeing four she just, oh, wasn't, right. just wasn't getting the three, and I was like, well, you're over-converging. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, after a couple of weeks, I was like, just, you know, strengthen the muscles a little bit. It'll start coming to go a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And she'd stop, she stopped doing the exercise. Oh, of course. Because she couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Why, you know. Yeah. And um, so we really dedicated 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And any question that we, she had, I answered it. We went through it in more detail. And she realized that she just misunderstood the concept. Oh. And she'd been doing it wrong. Oh. And um, uh, last week, she uh, was able to do it with the pencil and then now this week she, she can do it on her own just do it on her own without so pencil yeah if she hadn't have had that that question answered minutes. yeah then she, right now she wouldn't have be doing any of the exercises right when in fact she's improving her presbyopia and strengthening her eyes and uh, reducing eye strain yeah all at the same time something that otherwise she would have just stopped doing mm-hmm. and and this emphasizes a bit of our philosophy that we want you to be asking questions we don't want you just to say i do these exercises i don't know why i do them mm-hmm. and then you resent doing them because you don't know why you're <laughs> doing them we want you to be knowing why you're doing them and asking questions yeah it's a real uh, reciprocal kind of uh, relationship and it's important that you have that access to mm-hmm. be able to actually ask someone mm-hmm. um it stops things like procrastination like what you're talking about before yeah. getting off from the weed whacker yeah uh, it can also help adjust your program just like what we talked about before with the example of the lady that was getting strain in uh, one of her eyes from obstruction well she had to adjust her program so that she mm-hmm. was using the other lens now obviously this has been a, a big difficulty for us yeah um because not everybody can get you know access to be able to ask us these questions yeah and we're trying to send out uh part of our our big effort in our website is trying to make the programs generic enough that that they can fit well we we adjust them to different conditions but even there we have to say okay for generally for this condition we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna do it this way um, but that doesn't address some of the individual issues so and that's also why we tried to add so much detail right so that there would be less questions but sometimes yeah when things are really detailed then you know it, it creates more questions yeah that's <laughs> yeah. true so we've been really thinking hard uh, to figure out a way around this we did um create the opportunity to have consultations right uh with us so that is up there uh, on our website that you can mm-hmm. do that but we found that you know people had one or two nagging questions they didn't really see it as yeah. worthy enough for an um, hour or half an hour or whatever yeah, of a consultation. To, and, yeah and to spend that you know that extra money on a consultation mm-hmm. best just you know oh, i'll just stick with it and yeah. i'm sure you know it would sort itself out mm-hmm. so uh, we're really trying to think of a way around that and we also had the email access. We wanted to make sure that people could email us. But the problem is, over the last few months, we've just been so inundated mm-hmm. with these emails that unfortunately, we're just not getting back as much yeah, as we yeah. wish we could. I, yeah. I'm kind of tired of apologizing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're always late on these emails. Yeah, so we tried to come up with a new way of uh, answering people's questions, basically, and make it a little more timely, too, that if mm-hmm. they had... Uh, a burning question that they wouldn't have to wait a month for us to get through the other emails yeah. to get back to them. So. And also we were finding that we, we were sort of leaving out details right. on those you know, emails. Oh, right. We were just sort of you know, trying to get through them. And you know, a lot of the time it is easier just to explain something verbally. And that's why we created the, the question of the week on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, we start seeing a trend... In, in questions and we realize that this is something that 
people are you know want to answer so it's just so much easier for us to answer it verbally we can add more detail uh richard and i can also discuss it as we're answering it and sometimes there's things that we didn't even think of so unfortunately the emails are very limited for us and also the person receiving the email just isn't getting as much out of it as they could have done right so we've been working hard to try and figure out a way to make this all work to answer Mm -hmm. questions more efficiently and to get you more timely answers and uh, will why don't you tell them what we came up with yeah it's certainly something that isn't going to go away and in fact you know it's as more and more people find out about the eye exercises, this is only going to exacerbate. So we really wanted to find a way that we could answer a bulk of questions right. all at the same time um, so that you get quicker feedback and also more detailed in your answers. It also means that if you've got just a short one-off question, then you're more likely just to send it off because you know you don't feel like you have to pay for a consultation just to Mm -hmm. ask one question and it also means that you're going to be more likely to ask those more detailed questions because Mm -hmm. um, some really nice people out there are afraid to ask these longer questions because they know that we're the ones that have to sit uh, on the other end of the computer and, and type it all day right so the best answer we could come up with is to have an email that comes directly to a specific inbox that we have at Envision Self Healing. And then we can collect all those questions and then answer them every two weeks on a live call. So it involves us sending out a private number and a private PIN number that you then dial in. So it's a conference call. And then that way we can just sit go through all the questions. You could either just listen to your specific questions and then if you want to hang up, then that's fine. But also if you want to listen to other people's questions and sort of find out a little bit more because you might be surprised and and find out that someone else's question is similar to yours Mm -hmm. or something that you hadn't even thought about might actually advance you in your own program. So we'll answer them every two weeks you get that access and of course we understand that not everybody is going to be able to make the calls so we're also going to record those calls and then everybody that is able to access the private call sessions that we're doing then they're able to get a copy we will send out a link to be able to get your hands on the recorded phone call conversation so that you can either listen to it again afterwards even though you might have listen to the question uh, you might have listened to the answer you might not want to sit there with a pen and paper and try to scribble everything down really mm-hmm. quickly especially when we do sometimes talk relatively fast mm-hmm. or you might not understand necessarily our english so <laughs> your english <laughs> my english yeah my english you're american yeah so by having it recorded as well when we send that out to you it means you can listen to it time and time again and if you're somebody that's in a particular part of the world where you know you just can't make the phone call or you're just busy that day and you can't make the conference call, then it means that you get your questions answered anyway. It's recorded for you and you can listen to it. So, you know, we're really excited about this because yeah. it actually gives us a chance to answer all those questions that everybody has out there. Well, I guess it solves a couple problems for us because we can now take, we would we would be getting sometimes four or five similar questions a week and we're having to send out four or five slightly different answers now we can combine those questions into one more multifaceted question and address Mm -hmm. the whole issue at once and all five of those people can benefit from that slightly different question that everyone asks so we get a a fuller answer to all of that and then we're also going to send out a little a short questionnaire about your condition so a, a lot of our problems before is people would send in a 
a question, um, should I be doing the distance looking, uh, you know, all at night or I don't know, some question like that. And we're like, well, do they have myopia? Do they have, mm-hmm. you know, why are they asking this question? We'd have to yeah. just sort of assume that uh, they have certain conditions. This way, if we send a little questionnaire, it's just a little more interactive for us. Mm-hmm. And we know more where we're, where they're coming from when they're asking the question. And what we're going to do is actually offer this as a bonus as part of the Eye Exercise Express. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about next week and where you can actually get your hands on that product. So, But what's so exciting is that we're going to give you the opportunity to have it over a longer period of time. So it's not like you just ask one question, you've right. answered it, that's your lot. It means that two weeks later, you know, if we've answered it and you might have even more questions, which, which is it happens all 95% the time. Yeah. of the time, yeah. um, or indeed, you know, you've gone away, you've taken the information that we've said, you've used it and you discovered something else and that brings up more questions, mm-hmm. well then send us more emails and we can answer them again in the next call. So we're really yeah. excited about this opportunity to be able to finally answer everybody's questions yeah. in, in the detail that we want to answer them in and uh, hopefully everybody out there is excited as we are about this and uh, certainly give you a lot more information about how you can access that next week and it gives us more opportunity to talk which we love to do <laughs> we do love talking <laughs> we do which talking of which i think we're going over so, i think we uh, are yeah so let's move on to question of the week And the question of the week this week is, it seems like there's less far-sighted people out there now. Has that, uh, is that true? Is that what, where the trend is going? Yeah, this is, uh, came through on one of our YouTube videos, actually on the distance-looking eye exercise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person says that you know, they, they really enjoy doing the distance-looking. They think it's very important to be getting outside and that they actually notice that when they spend several days indoors working, that their vision is that much poorer. And when they're outside, which is a very okay. good observation, which we're pleased about. It's, but it's, it's really interesting because it really opens up a larger debate. Yeah, yeah. We, we spend some time debating. Well, not debating, mm-hmm. but it, it sparked a lot of interest in ourselves in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a little research to see whether there was an increase in farsightedness. And it does, we can't find any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. But we're, what we're more uh, uh, assuming here is that actually what they're seeing is an increase in nearsightedness has dwarfed the number of people who are farsighted. Yeah, not so long ago, a report came out in the BBC about how uh, school leavers in Asia, up to 90% of them yeah, 80, are, 90%, now ni- yeah. uh, are now nearsighted, nearsighted. Are, now, are now 90% <laughs> um, are now nearsighted and you know, they're really contributing it to a lot of near academic work. Right. And they're also combining it with lack of sunshine which is amazing because the sun is meant to be so bad for us right so i think they were saying at least up to three hours a day um and it's to do with the the dopamine levels prevents the eye from elongating makes that structure stronger yeah so it means that you don't become nearsighted well we also believe that those uh it was a study of school children and we also believe that since they're outside, they're probably looking at the sky, at the exactly, clouds, yeah. and in the distance. So even that is counteracting a lot of their schoolwork where they're looking close all the time, which is a good uh, evidence for the uh, increase in nearsightedness mm-hmm. in the Asian population that they're spending so many more hours in the school in the yeah. schoolroom and looking at books and computers and 
and some that. even mentioned even when they're resting from their work they're taking a nap or mm-hmm. they're indoors lying down you know they're not right. getting out and, and doing stuff and a lot of people might find it interesting to know that we're actually all born far-sighted mm-hmm. uh, to begin with as uh, as babies and then what happens is the eyeball either gets to its optimum where it should be or it either doesn't doesn't quite get to that optimum. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're farsighted. Or it goes too far. And you're nearsighted. And you yeah. become nearsighted. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of feel either that the people that used to be farsighted mm-hmm. uh, now aren't because they're doing a lot of near work. So that makes right. them myopic. Or it's just like what you say, you know, farsightedness doesn't really seem that much of an issue um, when, you know, 90% of a population is is nearsighted and of course that's an extreme but it's rising all over the world and i sort of remember this as a kid you know those of us who had glasses actually there weren't that many of us now i think if Uh i look back to my elementary school yeah in my class there might have only been four or five kids out of 30 Mm -hmm. who had glasses and i wouldn't be surprised now if that's half the class or something like that yeah they said in this report that only two generations ago it was 20 percent and right. it's 90. Yeah. So, and they were saying that how that just completely washes out the, the genetic theory. Yeah. And um, that it's all genetic. Right. So, so, I mean, you might have a genetic predisposition, um, but certainly that doesn't explain for such a large increase in there. It's an epidemic. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we were really uh, pleased about that, that question. We sort of uh, had a chance to debate it a little bit and, yeah. and research it a little bit. So, we don't necessarily have the real statistics but it's a real, uh, real food for thought a little bit on that one. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So I think uh, our generally we think it's just a statistical warping due to the increase in myopia. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you want to find out a little bit more information, then head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com and you'll find some free programs over there that you can use on your own eye conditions. Just click on the conditions tab and then search for your condition there. You can also get your hands on a free ebook called A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight. And we're actually in the process of updating and uh, even making an audio version of that. But we've been so busy with, uh, with other stuff um, that we've not had a chance to get that to you. But just know that that is uh, on its way. So that's basically just a free uh, ebook telling you a little bit more about how these eye exercises can help improve your eyesight and indeed how our modern day lifestyle is just like what we were talking about in Asia is actually contributing to poorer vision. Mm-hmm. You can also check out our Facebook fan page where we post some uh, pictures quite regularly. The recent ones I put up is me on a wine tour in uh, Napa Valley and I also put in a nice uh, view of the redwoods there. I use that panoramic Oh, access that I've got on, on my yeah. iPhone. I thought I'd fit a bit of a geek yeah. geek bit in there at the end. Yeah. And of course, you can also follow both Richard and I on Twitter. We normally keep up to date on that. And only today we were researching hashtag. Hashtags. I was, yeah, I was being educated <laughs> on hashtags today. And trending. And trending. We're, right. Richard and I think we're going to start trending <laughs> soon. I think anybody that says that means they're not cool enough to trend on Twitter. It's the fact that I only know about hashtags of today is obviously I'm not cool enough. (laughs) To me, it was just a button on a phone, so (laughs) I don't know either. All right, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.